tired. So tired. Overtired. You're listening to Overtired. I'm Christina Warren here, as always, with the wonderful Brett Terpstra. Brett, how are you? I'm good. I'm actually recording from the beginning this time. We're not missing anything. Okay. We're recording from the beginning. This is good. So we are not going to miss the first 20 minutes of of, um, uh, pop punk talk. Um, That's important. Yeah. Um, But uh, but when actually uh, you also, you did the thing that we talk about, like uh, where um, you're not saying I'm fucking awesome. Uh, When I actually asked you legit how you were, you were like, we need to do a Brett mental health corner update. So, so let's just get into that right away. Yeah. Yeah. So when I say I'm good, that's usually, uh, masking. Yes. (laughs) So what we do. Yeah. So, uh, on, I think Tuesday, I very suddenly went manic. Um, in the like late afternoon, I think it started. Like it was this definite switch, and I didn't sleep Tuesday night or Wednesday night at all. And by Thursday, I was just a zombie. Um, like uh, Wednesday, I was super productive. I did a week's worth of work, uh, which is is good because on Thursday I couldn't work at all, but. So today is like I slept last night. I got a good deep eight hours of sleep with crazy dreams. Uh, so now the like have you you've had all nighters, right? Uh, yes. So the you're fine up until you sleep, and then when you wake up, then it all hits you. So right now I'm totally uh, I'm dragging. It feels like I'm underwater, like fighting for consciousness. Yeah. Yeah. So did um what what type of weird dreams did you have? Like Here's the weirdest thing is I'm fully aware that I was having weird dreams. I was aware in the dream that this yep. was a weird dream, but I cannot remember what it was about. That's I've had that happen before. Um I I, I that's always the most bizarre thing where I'm like in the dream and I'm like this is weird and this isn't what I typically, you know, like dream about and I know something with this is off but then you wake up and you're like okay that that was weird enough that in the dream I was conscious enough to be like this is a bizarre dream and then I'm like oh yeah I totally lost it do you ever have dreams where in the dream you feel like this is a dream you have all the time like you're going back to someplace familiar and this is this is like something you've known your whole life and then you wake up and it, it seems like like you never had that dream before. Yeah. Although my weird thing, I guess I would say is I sometimes I've definitely had the, maybe this is what you're talking about. Maybe it's slightly different, but I've had the thing where I'm in a dream and it's referencing an earlier dream. And it like maybe even is an earlier dream. And like, and I, and I'm aware of this. I'm like, Oh, I had this dream before. Yeah. And now I'm kind of, and it's not quite a lucid dream, but it is the sort of thing where I'm like, I'm like distinctly aware in the dream at least it seems at that time that I've had this dream before. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, when I wake up, I may or may not remember any of it. Um, but at the time I'm certainly like, it, it's enough for me to remember now that I can be like, Oh yeah, I've definitely referenced dreams and other dreams. But if you were to ask me what those things were, I would I have no idea what to tell you. 
Yeah, if I don't, when I wake up, I will usually, for about five minutes, I'll remember what I was just dreaming about. And if I don't make a conscious effort to note the dream, five minutes later, I, I can't remember it anymore. So yeah. I'm I actually, if I remember my dream when I wake up, I, I like just instinctively like take mental notes on it so that that doesn't happen because I hate forgetting things. Alzheimer's is my biggest fear in the world. Yeah. Alzheimer's runs in my family. I'm I I'm so scared that that will happen to me. Yeah, I um I I don't know how much it it runs in my family. I know my my grandmother had that or she might have had dementia. I don't know like what they wound up actually classifying it as but, but she she died of it anyway and um it was terrible and Yeah. So that's I don't my, know if my anybody, grandfather did too. Yeah, and and so I don't know if it has if anybody else has it or has had it or not but yeah it's, it's definitely yeah when i say runs in the family i just mean my grandfather it's not like a uh a, a generational thing that happens just uh knowing that someone in my family has had it means that it increases the likelihood that i will have it my grandmother yeah. had some dementia but it wasn't alzheimer's she had parkinson's for like 15 years oh. yeah and that that adds its own complexities to it because of what that does yeah yeah like i one of the major reasons i decided pretty early on not to have kids is family history like between heart disease and mental health issues it any kid i have is pretty much guaranteed to at the least be neurodivergent but at at worst Things like cancer and Alzheimer's and and Parkinson's and bipolar disorder and like it's it's scary. Like I wouldn't I I do not want to roll those dice. Yeah, I can respect that. Um, I mean, I just didn't want kids. Um, but but I certainly there have been there have been like things in my mind. I guess that I've thought about it. Like yeah, you know, I could see that this would be like a a problem. Uh, or potentially a problem, not maybe a problem, but this could be something like to, to look out for. Like, I, I'm sure that my kids would, if I did have kids, I'm sure that there would be a neurodiverse element there. Um, I have too much like depression and anxiety and, and OCD and, you know, perfectionism shit to let that be completely uh, like, you know, I don't know. But at the same time, you, you never know. Maybe you'd be fine. Um, Cause the rest of my family seems fairly clear on that stuff or more clear. Like my sister definitely has some stuff, but what she has is different and probably more difficult to treat. She's also refuses to go to the doctor or anything. Yeah, it doesn't help. So no, it doesn't. Um, uh, my dad is, is well, I guess ADHD does run pretty strongly. Yeah. Family. My mom doesn't have it. My, my dad does. Um, and, uh, and my sister does and I do. So that would probably be a fairly strong, sign that that would be, you know, um, but better than that, I don't know for yeah. me though. I mean, I, I respect people making that decision and saying, I don't, I don't want to, you know, put kids through that or, or being more honest maybe about it. I don't want to go through that with a kid. Um, me, I just don't want kids. So I had this conversation, uh, the other night with L. Uh, it was basically a eugenics conversation and I was playing devil's advocate. Um, 
on the maybe there's a place for eugenics side of things and it got real yeah. real shady real fast but um, i was gonna say i was gonna say there's that's uh because i've taken that position too in the past when i used to kind of be like this was me in high school but but you know kind of like wanting to be just a contrarian but yeah go on so like i i'm of the opinion that it, it's like when it comes to not gene editing so much but but being tested for your genetic uh, proclivities um, and making decisions is uh, you should know what the risks are before you get pregnant. And that's really the big thing for me. And when it comes to yeah. like designer babies and everything, I can argue both sides. But uh, the conversation we were having was if you knew that uh, you were going to have uh, like an ADHD kid or an autistic kid, would you, would you like, would you want the ability to say no? Right. And no. I mean, would, 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 would you do? I mean, look, they already do this. They they do this when they when they t- they test for Down syndrome and things like that. And if yeah. they see the 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 chromosomal deficiency the or the, the 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 markers or whatever, then there are. That's one of the reasons why they do those tests as early as they do them, so that women have the opportunity to you know, abort the, the, right. the pregnancy. Um, and, cause that's what it is. Like when people talk about abortion, they, they don't like to talk about the fact that lots and lots of people have like medical abortions basically because they've seen markers that say the child is not going to be healthy. Yeah. Well, yeah. And that's a, it's a real, it gets real, real tricky real area. Quick, though. Yeah. Well, and there are, there, there are some people, I mean, particularly very religious people who will say, um, I, I didn't want to know, um, or, or, or I wouldn't have made a different decision. There are some people who say, well, I want to know, I'm, it won't change my decision, but it will change how I go about dealing with things, which I think is also a valid thing to say, if, if you know this going in, you know, they, they have these markers, um, that, that, that your child is going to, again, have something like, like, like down syndrome, then you are going to prepare for the additional cost and the additional, you know, challenges and, and other potential, add-on health concerns, right? Because yeah. that oftentimes does go along with physical and um, other uh, more serious like medical, you know, issues. Um, and so, uh, you know, things that aren't strictly just, you know, mental. Um, but some people don't want to know that at all. And and it does, the, the line does get really interesting because you have people of, of all the different communities who will argue you know, it is there. There is nothing wrong with this, and this is how people are, and we shouldn't do anything to to prevent this. There are other people who say, "Well, no, you don't want people who are, you know, going to be born in pain and then, you know, live in 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 suffering and then die." Right? right. Like so. Like, like, yeah. Here's the question: Like the idea of like finding out something is medically wrong with a child you're carrying and making the decision to abort feels worse somehow than just not wanting a kid and getting an abortion. And like, is there really a difference between getting an abortion because you don't want to have children and getting an abortion because you don't want to have that child? No, I don't think there is. I think they're exactly the same thing. Like one can feel worse, but I think that they're exactly the same thing. I think it's one just feels I, more I, personal. Like it's an attack. Well, yeah, but it's it, but it, it's, but if you think about it in the abstract, you're kind of saying the same thing. Yeah. Like you're kind of saying, I don't want the expense. 
I don't want the pressure. I don't want the hassle. This isn't the right time in my life. Whatever the reasons are, you're making that this that decision. Um, if if because uh, you could argue that some people some people would flip it, and some people would say, well, if you know that you're having a perfectly healthy child that can survive and thrive, and you're choosing not to bring that into the world, sure. that is worse than choosing not to bring you know a, a child that has you know a lot of medical complications, uh, mental That's or so otherwise. elitist. It is, but that's the whole point of, I mean, A, that is our society. This is the society we live in. Um, so so some people would absolutely say that that choosing to not bring a healthy child into the world is is worse or every bit is bad. To me, I don't think there's a moral difference. I think it's the exact same thing. And I think that it's a it's a completely ethical decision to make if you're making it yourself. I think that where it becomes problematic oh, is God, yeah. When, as it was very common, I mean, China is now dealing with this problem, but, you know, the fact that you were only allowed one child and that the men were so preferred that they had, you know, um, I mean, they were uh, like, and you see this in other places too, but, you know, like, like ultrasounds and whatnot, you know, portable ultrasounds and things like that, where women are finding out what the sex of their child is and then getting an abortion yeah. for that reason. Like, I think that that is. Well, is that also, really that's, different though? It is though because it's not their choice. The, their government oh, is. Oh, I have, see what you're saying. Okay. The government is saying you can have one child, and anytime, they're saying anytime an abortion decision is made by anyone other right. than and that's the point. mother, I'm not okay. Yeah, I mean, look, I personally think that if you're going to, you know, make the decision based on gender and no one else is doing anything, yeah, that seems a little fucked, but whatever. Uh, but when the government is the one who's saying you can only have one child, and then you're having to put the pros and cons and in, and in your mind, because women have been so, you know, mistreated and, and are, are subjugated to different, you know, like allowances and opportunities than men that you obviously want your child to have the best opportunity, then, you know, you wound up, you wind, you wind up fucking society. I mean, that's honestly, I think, a, a, an even better like argument for like equal rights than uh than anything is to be like yeah this is what happens when when you make it so clear that one um you know uh sex is is better than the other can do can you imagine if we were doing this show live and had a chat open right now oh people will be so pissed so dear listeners um in case you don't know we have a discord server and it is chock full of neurodiverse and queer and generally interesting people, but it's not super active. Um, like they're usually on a given day, one or two short conversations. And I wish, I wish it were more active without having to actually put any effort in. I wish that, uh, it just sparked more conversation. But if you have some feelings about eugenics, uh, abortion, come share them, <laughs> start a lively discussion Everyone there is super nice, uh, friendly. They can be stern, but they won't be mean. Yeah, which is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love and, our people. Uh, yeah, I love our people, too. I need to be more active in the Discord. I, I took Discord off my phone. I'm going to put it back on again. Um, but things were getting too much. Um, yeah, I don't use was, Discord mobile. Well, it was getting, it was getting just like, I had like too many, um, like... I, it's one of those things where sometimes um, you get like the slack problem, you know, where you have too many of them. Yeah. My oh, issue yeah. too, and I've talked about this before. So I have like 
a lurker discord account that is not tied to my actual identity that I like for, for certain types of like PC, uh, like this is like, especially when I was like console hunting and like PC component hunting and stuff like that, that I like to be in. And then there are, there's, you know, the one that I have that I'm in the overtired one that is actually attached to my real identity. And Discord doesn't let you manage multiple accounts very well. Like you have to basically have two different instances open. So I have to have to like, I have to have basically two PWAs um, mm. uh, to do it. And so it's, uh, it's, it's frustrating that they don't let you do that um, like better, especially since Discord of all of them know that you often want to have a different identity in different groups. Because the issue is, yes, you can have a different username and different servers. But, and I realize I'm being paranoid here, but I'm also not being paranoid here. If people want to, they can use different tools to find a list of your usernames in other discords and what other discords you're part of. And so it's one of those things where, like, I don't know. I don't always... Maybe this is this is probably more of a me issue than like a normal person issue. I'm not famous or anything, but I'm well known enough that like there are just times when you don't want to be like there are just times when you just don't want people to get mad at you even if you say something completely fine and then like threaten your you know threaten your like employability and shit like that. Yeah, you know what I mean? Sometimes you're just not in the mood for that kind of thing. Exactly. Exactly. Because I've I've had instances. Because I I haven't had something like. Because I, I again I primarily use like my real name most places or, or or I use you know film underscore girl you know username or whatever. And and I was in some forum recently, and I was just commenting like a normal customer, like everybody else you know is excited to get like my my product ordered or whatever. And and again I wasn't mad that this happened. I was actually um it, it's, it's always nice when when people recognize you. But I had a number of people in that chat who are not part of my you know typical normal audience who like knew me and were like oh you know we've got somebody you know well known in here and I'm like I'm I'm just a customer like anybody else, you know? And, and it was super nice that like people like obviously like listen to my podcast and, and know um, me from other things. And like, I have no problem with that, but it's just, it's sort of this weird reminder where it's like, okay, even when I'm not trying to, you know, yeah, it's just, it's just, there are times when I would just rather be on my lurker account. Yeah. I get it, man. Okay. My, my, my brain is, so I have, I term up, my visor is showing mm -hmm. and there's like some JSON output from a script. And I got totally distracted thinking about, oh, I, I made a VPN button. So nice. like I told you about this whole like thing where I run Docker on my mini. Exactly. And exactly. And then, and then, and then you're like basically SSHing into it to right. run a tunnel. Yeah. But I don't have an easy way to check the status uh, to make sure that the Docker image is running, uh, that the ports are connected. Uh, and in no, like I have a, a terminal, like I can type VPN in my terminal and it'll send a script to the mini and restart the Docker image, like close it out and start it. Cause um, our VPN connection expires every 24 hours. Oh, that so, sucks. Yeah. You know, but it's not, so I just have a launch D task that, that restarts it every night at midnight. And generally that works, but sometimes it fails to actually restart it. So anyway, what I did, I added a shell script button to my touch bar. I, and I actually have a real touch bar. I'll tell you about that later. Um, 
but on my simulator and on my touch bar, I get a blue icon with a lock if the VPN is functioning and all of the ports are open. If it and it checks it every 30 seconds, if at any point it's not like fully functional, the icon turns orange. And if I press and hold it, uh, it will restart the Docker image and then give me the status. So I can do all of this without having to SSH or screen share or anything. Um, It's a very cool little system. I'm very, I'm very pleased with myself. I'm pleased with you too. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, Well, we'll talk about laptops in a second. Yeah, my, I am. While you were talking about your VPN button, I was going through my GitHub um, stars, ooh. and um, um, I think I'd had this one before, but it changed names. And so I recently was trying it out because I needed a recommendation for people. Um, this just reminded me it's completely, uh, you know, tangent, but it, it, it this would be something that actually you would you I could see you scripting to your your Stream Deck or your um, your uh, Touch Bar kind of setup or whatever. But um, you know, we've talked about how much we love YouTube DL before. Yeah. And there's um, um, the the GUI that somebody built for it in in Python or whatever, like in, in Qt or whatever, Qt whatever, a bajillion years ago hasn't been updated in like four years. And so um, for people who need like a cross-platform GUI to recommend to people who don't want to deal with all the command line stuff, there haven't been a lot of options. Like on Mac, the best option is Downy, but it costs money, which some people don't like. It's on setup. Um, and it I is love, on setup. I will, I will swear by Downy. I, I love I love Downy. That's what I use. But there are times when I'm either on like a I'm not on a Mac, which is you know not super common, but is certainly a thing that happens sometimes. And um, uh, the bigger thing is when I need to recommend it to people who, for whatever reason, maybe they're not on a Mac or they don't want to pay for Downy or they don't for whatever reason subscribe to Setup. Which I mean, crazy. That's crazy. Look, I agree. It's some of the best money I spend every month. Um, I'm, I'm like a leg- They're not even sponsoring us this week. Or, or never have. They never have. They've never sponsored us. You're right. But I love Setup. Uh, they should be a sponsor. Um, but um, there's a new one called Open. It's been around for a while, but it's recently just had some nice updates. It's called um, uh, the. It used to be called like YouTube DL GUI or whatever. Um, but um, they had to change the name because YouTube was was trademarked. So it's now Open Video Downloader, and it's uh, it's it's made in Electron and, and Node.js, but it's got a nice like modern kind of interface, and I like it. It's it, it's not Downy. Downy is I, I think still going to be like you know for for Mac users the the best and like most you know like performant kind of thing. But I like it. It's it's well done, and um, the the guy is really active on it. Um, it's still using the the current uh, YouTube DL um, binary, but one of the features on the roadmap is to replace it with one of the YouTube DL forks that's added a bunch of really good stuff, and so uh, and and that seems to be more active because even before the whole kerfuffle of the RIAA or whoever, MPAA, whoever yeah. sending takedown stuff, like it hadn't been active or super active. Um, and um, there'd been a lot of like, um, you know, PRs that hadn't been merged and whatnot. So somebody finally, there were two, there are, there are two forks. And I think that the, there's one um, that is, uh, that's more active than um, another. Yeah, DLPE is is the one that's more active because there's another one as DL something, but um, uh, it might be DLG. I don't remember. 
but but anyway, um, whatever the more active one is, um, they uh, they already have it on um, like the the doc to to um, integrate and to kind of replace because it's because uh, the like I think it's DLP I believe that's the one where it has like the option to to do um, like um, ad blocking and things like that like when you download stuff or, or when you're doing other things so sponsor block I believe it's called so nice. Wow, that yeah, I I lost track. I was looking at your stars via our website where Christina's stars are in the footer. Um, which which one is the the nice uh, interface you were talking about? Because there, there's like a WX Python. Yeah, and that's not the right one. It's I put it in our show notes in our quip. Oh. It is it is it is the Jelly 2002 YouTube DL GUI. And I believe that 2002 means the person was born in 2002, which um, <laughs> is horrifying um, on a lot of levels, but also this person's very talented. So, Cool. Cool. All right. So my first big project at work, uh, I, I just got word from the highest level person that actually interacts with my team. So the CMO. Uh uh loved my loved the Jekyll set I built. Nice. Like there were a few it was it was mostly functional on Monday and then I went manic and worked on it all through Monday night, Tuesday night. Uh I added search, uh full like lunar based search. I added I made I made the menu like super cool responsive <clears throat> like you know how like you shrink the screen down and you get the hamburger menu? This one, like as menu items fall off, like puts it into an overflow hamburger menu. Uh, so you can, it doesn't all happen at once. And nice. I did a bunch of styling, did a bunch. Of, I, I wrote a plugin that if you set a, a front matter tag on a markdown post, it will separate, it'll find all of the uh, H2s or you can, tell it in, in the plugin to use H3 or four, and it will split them up into slides and give you like, it, it's four tutorials. So then you get like the intro slide with a big begin button and you can page through the sections as slides. So it's like an automatic one page app for every tutorial we're putting on the site. It's, it, it was awesome. I'm very proud of it. Uh, you know, like I got to the, I had a, a one-on-one meeting with my manager uh, halfway through this manic phase, and I was I, I I was showing him all the stuff I'd done, and he was super happy, and I I almost decided right then to explain why I was getting so much done and what the other side of it would be, and just be like upfront about the right. bipolar thing. I decided not to because anytime I make life decisions during a manic phase, I've learned to question them. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because that could have gone either way. Like, yeah. if you like and have a good relationship with your manager, then I think that in some cases that would actually be like a beneficial thing to have. On the other hand, depending on how well you know the person and other things, like that could cause some people to treat you weirdly. Yeah, and, and that, that and was my concern. You don't want. Yeah, exactly. I, I would say because it might be the right, um, you know, like decision, but it might not I'm, be. I'm but not I, simpatico with my manager. Like we get along. 
but it's not that relationship. Yeah, I don't feel in any way personally connected to him. Uh, I don't feel like we get each other on a personal level. Right. So in that case, I think that it was a good thing that you opted not to. And I would say even regardless, even if it was a, a thing that you did eventually decide you wanted to share, I think that it was good that you had the forethought to be like, you know what, when I'm manic, don't make these decisions. Because well, even if it is one that you want to make, you the, shouldn't make it then. The benefit would be when I hit like like severe depression Yes, and I spend one to two weeks unable to even like go into my office because it just right. seems overwhelming and bad. Like it would be nice to be able to honestly convey what was going on. Um, like I can, in those times I can sit through a zoom meeting. Um, I can even like, if you give me a very specific, uh, easily accomplished task, I can do it, but I'm not in a place where I'm going to take like initiative and some things are going to take longer than usual. And being able to just say, hey, yeah, you remember like two weeks ago when I did like a month's worth of work? Uh, I need you to recognize <laughs> that uh, I'm not going to be working for a week now. Right. And and I wonder if like that would be the right time, like when you're in a depression to maybe have that conversation um, versus when you're in a manic state. I just feel like it would go over better in a manic state when I'm flying through work and I'm showing them all this great stuff to tell them at that point, like, here's, here's why this great stuff that you love is happening. Uh, and just so you know, in the future, there will be the opposite happening. I just feel like it would go over better than it would after like three days of being unresponsive and pissing people off. Then potentially, like, then it feels I mean, like an excuse instead of a, a warning. Right. Or maybe the best time if you're going to have a conversation at all is when neither of those things is ha are yeah, happening. When I'm and, totally and, stable. And when you're completely stable and you're able to say, look, you might have noticed these two things and, and I can be incredibly productive and I can do all this stuff. The downside of that is there is also maybe periods where I'm not as responsive and um, I'm not as productive. So just to kind of set the standard of what you can expect, which is to me, it would basically kind of be like, hey – expect the same output of me that you expect from anyone else. Just know that it might be delivered in different ways. There might be periods of time when I'm overproductive and yeah. there might be periods of time when that's not going to be sustained. Yeah. But it's going to come out eventually. I'm going to have to, if it were to, if I were to be faced with it, like if someone said, Hey, what's going on? I, I have no problem with being honest. It's a matter of whether I'm going to volunteer the information or not. Yeah, no, and I think that that's a really valid thing because I've certainly, I've had both experiences. I've had people be very understanding and I've had people be very not understanding. And then I've also had this fear in the back of my mind where if you're too open about it, even if they're understanding, they then mentally decide that they're not going to give you more things to work on. Right. And they're, they're going or to try to- Right, exactly. I mean, but they were, you know, that they're, they're going to mentally kind of take on the thing of, oh, we don't want to- give you too many things because we're trying to help you out. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. There, it's, there's this weird line between understanding and support and, and pity and uh, yep. treating someone like they're disabled. Right. Like you can and make accommodations, like but some, some certain amounts of like proactive accommodations are unwelcome. I agree. 
I 100% agree because sometimes I'm like, I don't actually want your accommodation. I just want you to have understanding um, that, you know, that this is a reality. I will, I'm an adult and I will take care of things. You know, what's, what I'm going to get done, I'm going to get done. Just know that if I'm telling you that something might be like an issue that, that, you know, like. This happens in my relationship too. Like, especially uh, like a couple days into a manic phase, I become very reclusive and introverted and like I will sit and code for 12 hours straight. Uh, but like talking to people becomes very difficult. Uh, pl- plus I get super uh, rambly. And like, so L when L is in like a really good emotional place, she tries, or at least she used to like try to do whatever I needed to make it okay. And that makes me feel worse. What I really need is to, to, for, so to have honest communication, acknowledge what's happening, uh, and then be able to just pull back and not feel like I'm damaging anyone else's life and just getting what I need when I need it and not having someone try to proactively fix anything. I just, we, we're really good at it now. We both have our, our rough, our rough patches, uh, pretty regularly. And sometimes we go through rough patches at the same time, but like we've learned to acknowledge, make sure the other person knows that you love them no matter what, and then kind of just fuck off and let people deal with their shit. That's really great. Yeah. We're doing a podcast right now. Uh, oh, are you? Wh- we haven't published it yet. We're we're doing recordings because over the five years we've been together, like we are very different people that learned new ways to communicate and to be in a relationship uh, with someone very different. We have certain similarities that are very, uh, very strong. And right. But we figured out ways to communicate and ways to deal with conflict and and all of these things that are very uh, specific to like neurodiverse couples, neurodivergent couples. And and so we're doing a, a podcast. It'll, it'll be like short episodes, but we're just going to talk about things we figured out, things we learned, things we're working on and uh, and and just kind of document. You ever heard two headed girl? I have not. Uh, Alex Cox and and Maddie uh, do a. It, it's a similar format to what they do. Uh, I'll link it if anyone's curious. But it's a a a, a non-binary couple and just uh, how their relationship works. That's awesome. Yeah, Alex Cox is awesome. Do you know Alex? I do know Alex. They're really cool. Oh, she's in our Discord. I think. Oh, really? He. They are in our Discord. I think. I think. Yeah, I for, I'm forgetting pronouns, but yeah, I thought it was they, but I, I don't want to. Yeah, I think it's they. I don't want to be Yeah, I think it's they. Um. Anyway, where are we? What's happening? I don't. Do we do we need to go into a sponsor read? Oh yeah, let's do that. Um. Uh. Email. Like when I'm manic, I I don't check my email. I totally forget about it, and things pile up. Um. Fortunately, I have this thing called SaneBox that automatically sorts out all of my unimportant emails. Uh, I think everybody, though, gets too much email. Um, yeah. 
but how much of it actually warrants a notification or an unread badge on your in your doc? Uh, that's kind of where Sanebox comes in. You can think of it as an EMT for your email. As messages flow in, Sanebox does the triage for you, sifting only the important emails in your inbox. And then everything else goes into a Sane Later folder. So when you sit down to your email, you know exactly which messages you need to pay attention to right then. And then when you have the time and the space and the inclination, you can go through the unimportant stuff. Um, it also has nifty features like Sane Black Hole, where you can drag messages from annoying senders you never want to hear from again. Uh, and then there's one called Sane Reminders that uh, you can have it ping you if you send an email and you don't get a reply within a certain period of time. Uh, a way to like be able to send it and forget it, but not lose it. Um, and best of all, you can use Sanebox with any email client on any computer or phone, anywhere you check your email. And I've been using it for years, and I recommend it to literally everybody. My entire email workflow is based around it. Uh, one of my favorite features is snoozing. Uh, instead of relying on different email apps with their various implementations of snooze, I can create custom mailboxes with custom timers, like three hours tomorrow or next week. And then I just move a message from my inbox or from my Sane Later folder into any one of these folders. And when their timer is up, the, the message moves back to my inbox as an unread message. Uh, and this works no matter which mail client I'm using. So I get a consistent implementation across everything. And in my favorite mail app, MailMate on my Mac, uh, there is no snooze. So it basically adds snooze to apps that don't have it. Um, See how Sanebox can magically remove distractions from your inbox with a free two-week trial. Visit sanebox.com slash overtired today to start your free trial and get a $25 credit. That's S-A-N-E-B-O-X dot com slash overtired. Excellent to have you as a sponsor, Sanebox, and I seriously do recommend it. Thank you, Sanebox. You want to know one of the decisions I did make while I was manic? I do. What, 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 what did you buy? Uh, I hired, I hired a guy. <laughs> nice. So, okay. So you bought a person. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. So a while back, uh, I got this random email from a guy who's like, Hey, uh, he saw that I was trying, I was working on a new icon for marked. Uh, it hadn't been updated in like a decade and it was time for a new icon. And I had some ideas that I, I liked. Um, my favorite one, though, uh, I loved it. I put it out on Twitter for feedback and was immediately sent a link to another company that had almost the exact same icon. So it was like back to the drawing board. I made some modifications. Didn't didn't ever come to something that I, I wanted because it's a big deal when you change an icon that some of your customers see every day. Like right. 90% of people do not react well to any change, even if it's better. But uh, this guy emails me. He's like, hey, I took your your design and I I ran with it. And he sent me a new icon for Marked. And we went back and forth. And totally for free, I, uh, I, I had a new icon that I then published. And it got mixed reactions. Like I said, people don't love change. Everyone's gotten used to it now. I'm super happy with it. 
Um, if you want to see the new icon, it's at the bottom of the quip document. Um, and then uh, he offered me one for bunch for free again. And I also liked it better than what I had. So the next Ooh. release of bunch is going to have a, a new icon. Um, so while I'm manic, I'm looking at NV ultra in my doc and realizing like I made the NV ultra icon. I do not like it. It was like, we spent so long trying to decide this is after spending months trying to pick a better name. Uh, right. And then we spend a month trying to come to an agreement on what would make a good icon and colors and, and focus and all of these things. Eventually, we came to like lowest common denominator, something both Fletcher and I agreed wasn't awful. Um, but I don't love it. And uh, so I decided, hey, this guy has done two apps for me for free. I love his work and I want to pay him. I want to pay him and I want to stop having to think about NV Ultra, hire it out. And so I, I asked him for an estimate. He came back super lowball. Uh, like, I, I feel like he undervalues his work. So I offered him uh, about 25% more than he asked for and he, he took the deal. And then I wanted to send him money in advance. And he's like, I don't work that way. You pay me when I'm finished. Um, I said, okay, but I've already got the money set aside for him. I'm, I'm excited. I just love the idea of not having to think about it. Yeah, no, I like that too. I mean, and also, I mean, this is also why it's great to just like, you know, pay people who are really good at what they do. Yeah. Like just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. Yeah. Um, it doesn't mean you're the best person for it. If you have yeah. other opportunities, I love, I, it was really hard for me to kind of get to that place to realize, oh no, I can pay someone to do this. And they'll be better at it. Like, I don't yeah. have to do this all myself. Like house So I'm proud of you. This is exactly what I was thinking. I was like, <laughs> I love having a cleaner come in. I love it. Yeah. It's not my favorite thing to do. We, so why not pay someone like a good amount of money to do it for me? Yeah, we booked a house cleaner and they were booked out until I think this month. I think September will be the first month that we actually have a house cleaner come. But Elle uh, is very, she gets very nervous about other people uh, coming into what she considers a messy home. So the idea yep, of having a that. cleaner, like she had to get the house clean enough to have a cleaner come in. Uh, but we had, we threw a party around my birthday and uh, as preparation for the party, we did a deep clean on the house and we've kept it there ever since. And so we're finally at a place where, she's comfortable bringing in a professional cleaner. So for like a hundred bucks a visit, we get a deep clean on our house and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and uh, um, hopefully, cause I, my mom is that way about like being like really like not wanting the house to be in a certain state, you know, for the cleaner to come in. I'm less that I, yeah, I've gotten I am where too. like, I, I'm like, don't care. Yeah, I mean, I will obviously do it. Pay, like, I don't care. I will pay for like the deep clean, you know, if it's really bad, then like you pay for somebody to come in and do a deep clean first. And then once they're at a baseline, then, you know, you pay like less and, and they'll come in. But yeah, I definitely am at that point where I'm like, I do not care. Like I yeah. respectfully, I'm like, you know what, this is, this is my, this is, I'm sure you've seen worse. Um, and, uh, and if you haven't, I trust that you're not going to tell me. And, um, you know, we don't need to be, we don't need to be friends. Like it's okay. 
I had a, I, a someone I interviewed for Systematic uh, started their career out as like an organization coach uh, and someone who would like help people figure out their very messy homes and how to how to gr- gain sanity. And in the process, she realized that <laughs> most of her clients were ADD. Um, oh yeah, and and she became very interested in ADHD as like how does she uh, how does she help people with ADHD in a way that uh, she wouldn't help a neurotypical. And now she's a full time ADHD coach and has gone into like she, all all in on the ADHD uh, uh, management. Which is nice. I, I feel like you and I were both talking about house cleaning, and we're both coming from a place of uh, pretty typical ADHD house cleaning um, uh, habits. Yeah. Yeah, I could probably use, I don't know, I've heard of people talking about their ADHD coach, and I think that if it's the right person, I could actually see it maybe being useful. Part of me, though, wonders, like, and I'm not talking about this person, because this person seems like she was starting to do something else and, and and like, really realized that, like, there was another value-add thing there. But for some people, I do, and this this could just be, and this could be another thing that gets me in trouble with people, but I do kind of feel like it's a grift. How? You know? May- it, it, how? How is it a grift? Okay. Well, I think that coaching in general, there's a certain grift aspect. I think that some coaching is really great. Like I think there's some executive coaches and some people who do that sort of stuff who can be really good. I think that there are a, also a very large number just because it's not you know regulated in any way of people who just flat out are selling snake oil. Yes. Let's acknowledge, um, though, that first part because I know some very good as coaches who get very good I. results. As do I, and 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 so I, I I'm I'm not not acknowledging that. I just want to say that I I think we should also acknowledge that the good people are few and far between because it is unregulated and there's a lot of snake oil out there. That and and, and that to say that it's few and far between doesn't mean there's still not like thousands and thousands of great people. It just means that it's such a big industry that finding that can be maybe more difficult and that oftentimes the ways that people find those things are optimized for the snake oil versus the quality means you usually need to have a personal referral. So when I, th- and I see people like doing ADHD coaching, my initial instinct is to be like, okay, shouldn't that be something you should be talking about with your therapist? You know, what's a horrible grift? Huh? Wealth coaching. These, these uh, there's like YouTube channels and self-help yes. uh, uh, offshoots of them where they basically target poor people yep. with the promise of becoming a billionaire. And yep. here are all the secrets you need to know. And there's like this YouTube channel that does videos like, here are seven things that poor people do that rich people don't. And it's the most like uh-huh. just... It's horrible. Like this stuff is horrible. And the fact that you're preying on people who already don't have enough money and you're preying on their like emotional need for relief. Yep. That is horrendous to me. That is despicable. No, I'm, I 100% agree with that. Um, I think that um, there is no path from low income to billionaire. Like that doesn't exist. um, Even the lottery might get you to a millionaire. 
but after taxes and and typical to, to billion, money management to, to 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 billionaire probably not there uh, if you're talking like like genuinely coming from like absolutely nothing I'm talking no inheritance no property low income I'm not going to see there I'm not going to say there's no path I'm going to say that it's it's remarkably that the people who do find that um who are usually going to be founders have other um, things going for them that uh, not maybe inheritance or other stuff, but but have opportunities and have other like help that is either going to be exceedingly rare um, or uh, that comes from like those associated privileges. Uh, in general, I think that you're correct. I just don't want to blanket say that there's no path. I, I think that like you're the, when describing it does you're describing the American dream that we're all sold. This idea that. If things go well for you, if you work hard, there's well, no. I'm not. I'm not talking. No, I'm not talking about meritocracy or the American dream. I'm not saying if you work hard. I'm saying if you're lucky. It, yeah, it's a luck thing. There's a lot of luck. Maybe, maybe you come up with a great idea, and maybe you get investors, and maybe you yeah. get lucky enough to make one of the million startups out there actually succeed. And 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 then, based on like the American definition of success these days, you sell your company. Uh, right. And then you have uh, a nest egg to start another company and then you can have side hustles and yeah, you're still not going to become a billionaire. Uh, probably not. But but there um, I don't know. I mean, like unless- there are one or two people in the U.S. that maybe have followed that path and they're they're frequently held up as I agree. As, I, Look, just, this is possible for everyone. It's just no, it's I, not. I, I, no, I want to be clear. It's not possible for everyone. It's not possible for most people. It's not possible, like, almost at all. I just want to, I just, like, when, I hate, like, speaking in absolutes, being like, there's no possible way, period. It's like, is, is it going to happen? I think that you do have a better chance of winning the lottery. Um, and, and I do agree with you that the people who are giving that sort of coaching advice, it's also dumb, the wealth coaching stuff, because most of those people, A, they're making their money, they're making their wealth off of selling people how to be rich, which right. is like the, one of those common scams of all. But B, they are not billionaires. No. Billionaires do not teach classes right. like that. Billionaires, <laughs> um, if they are not in wealth management themselves and investors and people like Warren Buffett who have a very deep understanding of how these systems work, if they're not market makers in the traditional sense. Can you imagine you know, Warren Buffett offering a seminar? <laughs> God, a Warren Buffett masterclass? The thing is, and, and it, there'd be no way, right? Um, and masterclass is like, you know, seen as like the, the legit one, right? But there'd be no way that he would do a masterclass. Um, he's Warren fucking Buffett. He does, A, he doesn't need the money. And like, it also like lowers his, like it would cheapen him somehow. Yeah. Um, so there's no way that he would do that. But but beyond that, like billionaires, because as as you said, in most cases, it does follow generational wealth and follows other things. Um People who, ha- or, but but there are you know people who have had fame and have had money other way who have been millionaires, for instance, and then have gone on to be billionaires, which is very impressive in and of itself. Uh, I, I again, I'm not saying that, that that's something that normal people can follow, but I don't actually have disrespect, and I don't want to discount the hard work of somebody who, you know, like might have come from, um, you know, some money and and had some opportunities, but turned you know, that thousand fold, right? Like, like, you know, that, that, that's nothing to, to, uh, to sneer at, but those people have wealth managers. Like they're not, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they have money, they have finance people, they have people who are, who they literally employ 
to make them a good return on their investment. Like they literally have people who like manage this for them. Well, and they can afford those people. Like what depresses me is uh, people who work two or three jobs uh, and, and make minimum wage and can barely pay their rent. Like they're working hard. If the American dream is true and they've, they've gone out, they've got the jobs and they're working more than full time. They should be able to at least eke out a comfortable life. Uh, in my opinion, you should be able to work one full-time job and have a comfortable life. Uh, it, it's depressing to me that that it's so rare that anyone gets ahead. And when someone does, it, it's held up for everyone else as the example. If you keep doing what you're doing, you too can be like this person. And it's not fair. It's 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 a lie. It's just, it's a lie. It is a lie. It is a lie. Um, there are people who get lucky. There are people, and I, I don't think it was always a lie. I think that there was a time when it was more possible. Like my grandfather did it. Um, he also wound up dying, having embezzled a bunch of money <laughs> from the business. No, but he embezzled from himself, right? He embezzled from the company business. So my dad was left holding the bag because my dad was an idiot and and said that he'd be personally liable for and for business for, you know, um like uh you know money incurred by the mm-hmm. like desert by the business, which was stupid on his part. But like never do that. Um but but my you know, but like my grandfather literally did go from not having shoes to being one of the more prominent people in Atlanta business. Um, you know, like Ted Turner was at Ted Turner was at his funeral. Um, like, so like it was still, it was still rare at the uh, last agree. turn of the century, but it was definitely, uh, there, there, there were more paths then. Yes, exactly. And that's all I'm saying. Like now, now it, what my grandfather did, you wouldn't be able to do. And even though like the the way that it, that it ended up is, is not one of those things where I'm like, I'd be like, Oh yeah. It's so, um, you know, uh, like he, everything was so good. Cause I certainly, the generational wealth aspect of it certainly didn't, uh, didn't happen, um, with us. Um, it was certainly one of those, like I'm, I'm, I have it, I'm spending it. I have a certain lifestyle on paper. It was just like on the OC when Cable dies and and uh, and Julie finds out, oh, actually he was broke the whole, he, you know, had gone into to debt. Real estate is one of those businesses where that can happen. Um, but it is still one of those things where in one generation, he went from, again, like literally not having shoes to, you know, dining with and being part of like this in club of people who did have generational wealth which is interesting. And it's fascinating to me because I don't know how he did that. I wish that that I hadn't been five years old when he died because I would love to know like how he managed to do that, especially since he was like, I don't, I don't, I don't even think he was 70 when he died. So I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm going gonna, gonna to end this conversation with, uh, I'm, I'm just going to say it. I full, wholeheartedly believe that capitalism is bad and it doesn't work. Uh, so hit me up in discord if you disagree. Uh, I, I mean, I, I don't agree with that. Um, I, I don't think that capitalism is the end all be all, but, uh, I think that, uh, that capitalism, pure socialism, capitalism I, is an abysmal failure for 90% of the population. We could all be better off. We could be, except I, I wouldn't, but, but pure communism and pure socialism isn't, isn't good either. No, democratic socialism works though. It does. 
it does. That has a lot more in common with capitalism, though. Uh, it does. It it has a market and it has uh, your basic tenets of uh, of the the major difference is that the means of production people aren't exploited, and that is where capitalism really capitalism can exist without exploitation. Uh, it, it's it's the core tenet of capitalism is that you pay people as little as you can to make as much money as you can off of their work. And like you, you can only do that for so long before things uh, before the, the wealth inequality grows to a point where <sighs> everything's a lie. Although, yeah, although I would say that I, I think that if, if you ask people like like Adam Smith and other like famous economists, if they would look at the current system as it is in the United States, I think that they would argue that it is not an actual um, like interpretation of capitalism, that, that the markets are not equal and that there are like, you know, that there are other forces at play that have made the income inequality as bad as it is, that there have been, there you know, are- that, that the system that we have is actually worse than a pure capitalism play because instead of having, you know, markers there to try to balance things on behalf of people who don't have as much, it goes in the other way where we have like the finger on the scale to give more to the people who already have things. Yes, but that is, I mean, if you look at the, what is purely capitalism? But that's not, but that's not. Like if if you if again like we don't need to get into this whole thing, but that's it's not too actually late. We already did, but we only okay, have three minutes left. Okay, well, but that, anyway, that's not pure capitalism though. Like uh, the 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 market is not supposed to um, have its finger on the scale to benefit the others. If, a pure capitalist system would be like a, a like a an even income tax, right? Like a flat tax, like that would actually be a pure capitalist thing, which just as many wealthy people would very be would be very angry about because they would wind up paying more okay. taxes so than they are now. you're talking about like like capitalism on paper i'm talking about but, like I, 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 as like an economic system yes but the on paper version is almost guaranteed like marx predicted it that it's almost guaranteed to become what we have today like it doesn't function in a vacuum in order to progress it all of these all of these fingers on the market and on uh, on uh, things that cause wealth inequality are basically exacerbated and created as a result of trying to. Because I mean, the goal is always to make more. The goal is wealth. You're going to do yeah. whatever it takes. You're going to yeah, break whatever like, rules you have to. No, because there is like the whole issue of no, but the, of, of equilibrium. And so, I mean, again, I'm just like saying like. I disagree with Karl Marx. I, I, I actually have, I, I'm not a Marxist. I, I democratic socialism. I, I can agree with, I'm not, I'm not going to be down personally. I'm not going to be like Karl Marx was, was, was right. Cause no, he wasn't. Um, he is theoretical every bit as much as Adam Smith was. And, and so I don't know. I, I feel like that we don't have pure capitalism. And so it, it's, it's, but we don't have you know, pure any of these systems. I think that there's, but when you, when you mention yourself, when you're saying democratic socialism, I'm just pointing out that that has a lot more in common with capitalism than it does with communism. I, I, I know. I'm just saying. I know. I'm too tired to make a good argument though. <laughs> um, uh, so there's this uh, listener survey 
that in addition to sharing your thoughts with us on Discord and leaving more iTunes reviews, we haven't gotten a fun review since July, so get to it, people. I think you can leave more than one, too, so come back. Do, do it again. Anyway, um, uh, Backbeat Media, who, who we work with for all of our sponsorships, has a reader survey uh, that will help them and us uh, make a better podcast and get better sponsors and and serve you. If you take the survey, you get entered for a $50 Amazon gift card. But I really, I want you to do it because you love us uh, and let the money be secondary. So there will be a link in the show notes. I would read it out loud, but it's uh, SurveyMonkey TVBHVL3 that you're not going to remember. So check the show notes. Click the link, take five minutes, tell us about yourself and what you like or don't like about the podcast, and uh, we will compile all of your feedback. If if you leave clever comments and I have access to them, I, I will absolutely read your shit on the air. Um, so if you don't want that... <laughs> it started out with just between you and me. Um, yeah. But yeah. That- don't read. That link will be in the show notes. Please take it. Please help us out. Um, like and subscribe and click the the notification. Oh, wait, that's YouTube. <sighs> I watch too many but, but, YouTube but, but, videos. But, but, I know I was going to say like and subscribe. I, I, and what was sad is that I was like, oh, yeah, no, that makes sense. No, follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever the hell you get your podcasts. And uh, are we even on Spotify? Yes. Yes, we are. Okay. I did it myself. I got us on Spotify. I got us on I heart radio and uh, I don't even remember. I went, th- I, I, I went through like 20 different submission processes and got overtired everywhere. <laughs> In fact, if you go to overtiredpod.com and load up any episode, there's like a, a follow link on the page that will take you to hold on. Where is it? Oh, uh, at the bottom, it says Spotify, RSS, and then there's a more button. And we're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Android, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Blueberry, uh, TuneIn, Deezer, and and then anywhere that takes an RSS feed. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. I okay. Work hard so on so that. subscribe to us on, on I, I'm proud of you. Yeah. Cause I remember this was years ago, but I had to submit something to Spotify and it was like not. Yeah. Yeah. A lot it, of things it took a while. Yeah, I was going to say it was kind of a pain in the ass. So thank Pandora you for that. Pandora was even harder. Pandora took weeks to figure out. I don't yeah, know if anyone actually listens to, to podcasts on Pandora, but um, just as as we're as we're um, ending the show, just this was kind of a frenetic frenetic episode, but I think it worked. Um, I just saw this on my Twitter. Uh, speaking of like bizarre things, Prince Philip will be will will remain sealed for ninety years. What is that even like? Why? What are they? Get- oh, because they're the cryogenics, right? They're going to bring him back to life. Oh no, no, I misread that. See, that's what I thought. I, I read it as him being like his his casket being. No, it's his will. Oh, his okay. Will that sealed. that's way less creepy. It is. Um, but uh, so so now we we have no idea how much money um he had or how much he left to uh to his uh you know Jeffrey Epstein um palling around um youngest son. I'm just going to say it. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, I don't either, but, <laughs> but this just, it, this came up on my Twitter. So there we go. All right. We got some current events in. Are you people we happy did. now? I mean, maybe, I don't know. 
All right. Well, all right. So uh, from the bottom of my heart, get some sleep, Christina. Get some sleep, Fred. The system is going down low.